Hello and welcome to Left on Red, the podcast where Shane finally got a job. Isn't that right, Shane? For three days, man. For three days, Shane <laughs> has worked for a crypto company at a crypto festival yeah, you went to? Yeah, a crypto company based in Singapore. Very loose regulations, I hear. What? When it comes An overseas company that has loose regulations, possibly <laughs> child labor? No. <laughs> no. How am I sounding, big guy? Sounding good? Yeah, you're sounding pretty uh, loose regulatory right now. Okay, that's what I'm going for. So yeah, man. About it. So basically, it was like a week before this weekend, which the convention was going on. And my friend Ali texts me, and I don't answer. And he... <laughs> As, cool. as one does. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> fuck, fuck that guy, right? I was in the Ali, if you're listening right now, you are not important to text back. I just no, wanna, no, no, no. Shane just wanted to let you know that through the podcast. It was like four texts in like an hour and a half. And you could oh, be yeah, busy. Oh, yeah. Obviously, that, that's way too much. The guy should have known that, you know, if, if you weren't going to answer, that he shouldn't have texted you three more times. Yeah. The proper the proper uh, pattern is one text every eight hours. That's how. That's the optimal way to get my attention. Everyone knows this. So, yeah, like you, Ali, you should have known this, man. Like, fuck you for being urgent, trying to get Shane's <laughs> attention. Like, it's it's a way of communicating. Text is just a way of communication. Uh, if you don't respect it, you don't get it, you know? Yeah. So I was getting busy. I was busy doing something. I hope you know that I'm just fucking with you. <laughs> you know, just answer the text. <laughs> and I get a call and Ali's like, hey, man, I have a business opportunity for you. And I'm Ooh. like, all right, sick, I'm in. And he's like, do you know what it is? I'm like... No, no, no. It has nah, something to do with matter. crypto probably. He's like, yeah, yeah. He's like, this convention this week, I got you extra tickets. Come by. All you have to do is just boost this company. They're from Singapore. They're an exchange. And I go, say less. I'm like, what do you mean? Define a boost the company. Like, I'm going to log into their account and I'm going to play ranked for them and boost them up to a higher rank? No, their ELO was fine. But <laughs> what I was going for was like standing as uh, wearing their shirt, their hat, and then just being like, hey, guys, check out the company. This is what we do. This is our website. This is how you use it. And then they'd be like, oh, cool. How are you different? And I'll be like, oh, I thought you'd never ask. And so then, you're a glorified door greeter. Exactly. But that's the thing at the conventions, right? Like there's thousands of people walking through and then people stop by and literally go like, hey, what are you about? And I'll be like, huh, let me tell you. So <laughs> I had to basically do like a crash course on what this company was and why they exist and what's good about them and uh, and tell that to everybody and pretend I know a lot more than I actually do. <laughs> That's easy. You just got to fake it with confidence. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Man, it was so funny because it looked like I was getting the most amount of work done there because we had photographers from yeah. like the company and they're taking pictures, all the angles. And in every one of those, like, like, 900 pictures, I'm sitting there. I'm in, like, deep thought. I'm, like, having these huge conversations with people. And they looked at the stats at the end of the days of, of like, who recruited the most amount of, like, people on board uh, to the platform. And I was dead last. But in all the pictures, uh. I'm working the hardest. I'm like, yeah, yeah. And people are so engaged with me. But I only talked to, like, a handful of people, like, each time. I wasn't, like, uh, like just malware, like, getting as much information as possible. Like I wanted to actually learn about what other people were doing there and like what crypto ventures there. Oh, so you're working for, you working for the company and you're asking everybody else the questions instead of giving yeah, them yeah, answers. <laughs> so tell me about the company. I will, but like first, what are you here for? <laughs> Just learn all I want to know your needs first yeah. so that I can accurately <laughs> tell you why the company fits your needs. And yeah. then they talk for 20 minutes and you go, I don't think we're a right fit. Yeah. <laughs> yes, sir, man. Go to the next guy. <laughs> Yeah, it was just funny, like with the photographer afterwards, seeing like Shane, you're just like you're working so hard, man, but like the numbers lie. 
there's got to be some kind of bug, bro. You're dead last. Like, you're garbage. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's but only a like, like, good hustle out there. There is only like two other people working the booths, but, and I was just exploring, man. I'm like, how much merch can I collect? How many water bottles and hoodies and shit can I get from other, other companies? And You're just like standing around looking like a traveling tradesman with like a shopping cart full of like all of this merch. <laughs> and you're like, so they're like, what are you about? And you just put on like a different hat that like fits their style more. You're like, oh, you know, this crypto, you're really going to love it. And then you start handing out the merch. Yes. That's how you get them in. I know. Or you got to just grab all the other competitors' merch and stand beside a garbage can, and then in the middle of your pitch, grab some of the competitors' merch and throw it in the trash. Be like, <laughs> this is what I think about the other people out here. If you're not here to play, get yeah. the fuck out. So uh, how do you compare to the other ex- exchanges? Just throw, throw the all trash. their merch in the garbage. That's what I think about them. That's how much I value them. They're <laughs> nothing. <laughs> Steven, you work well at this company. Goddamn. Yeah. Yeah, so they're, it's so, like, unregulated. It's, like, a crypto exchange based in Singapore. You guys are hearing, like, the raw truth. It's, like, a crypto exchange based in Singapore, and all the other exchanges need to know, like, your driver's license or, like, who you are or, like, where you live or, like, tax purposes, like, what yeah. you're doing, money you made. This one is, like, what's your email? <laughs> like, that's it. And it's, like, not only, you can trade with, like, 10minutemail.com. Yeah, yeah, literally. It's, like, no KYC. And then you can trade with up to 125x leverage. So, like, you could put, like, 100 bucks in and basically buy, like, a Bitcoin with that, like, 100 bucks. It's insane. So, yeah. But you can also lose that money really quickly, as I figured out on, like, the Uber. Well, yeah, it's crypto. Of course you're going to lose your money. I, bro. So I put in like 140 bucks US, like just on the way to the convention. Like, I want to see how this works. And then I, I hit like short Bitcoin because I seen it was like spiking up like crazy. I'm like, oh, it's going to drop a little bit. Yeah. And sure enough, it drops a little bit and it dropped like half a percent. But because of all the leverage, I instantly gained 50% on my money. Like, I'm like, holy shit. I'm like, once it hits one Bitcoin, I'm going to cash out. Like, I, I literally go from, like, trying to make, like, 50 bucks to trying to make, like, $20,000 in my head. Like, the green <laughs> gets to me. And then all of a sudden, it, like, just bounces back and poof, takes my 140 immediately. I'm like, oh, fuck, I got greedy. I should have just took the 50% gain. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, I'm a, I'm a dumbass. Because people try all year to make, like, 7 or 8% in the stock market. Yeah. I made 50% in like 30 seconds and I was like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah. And then you <laughs> lost a hundred percent in 45. That's what I'm saying. Right. <laughs> so it's a, it's a dangerous market, but, um, and man, I was stressing. Stressing Be- over this $140. Because I, I had this grand idea. I'm like, how am I going to get people interested in our booth? How am I going to get a hundred eyes at our booth staring at this monitor? Live gambling. So basically I'm going to put like 200 bucks in. <laughs> And I'm just going to I'm be like, yo, 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 Bitcoin's going up. Can you do, can you do an expense report? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just going to like bet 125x leverage that it's going to go up. And for every dollar that I make, it's like $125 or it would be two. So it would be like 300 bucks for every dollar it goes up or whatever. Right? It, would be, yeah. it would be insane money. And as soon as I hit buy long, it's like down 30%, 45%. I'm like 48%. I'm like, shit. And I'm stressing and I like, I can't look away. It's like a, it's like a. Like yeah, a car on fire. You just like can't look away. Like, oh shit! And all of, all of a sudden, people start crowding around and watching the screen. And yeah, like, they oh, want to see how much. A lot of money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, Fuck. No. And so I'm getting all stressed out. And then they're like, Shane, just 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 walk away. Like you you knew that the money going in, you're you had it in your head that you're gonna lose it anyway. Like yeah, it's it's gone, right? 
but I'm like, I don't want it to be gone. <laughs> That's the cost of networking, pal. <laughs> I know. And That's the cost of getting those engaged eyes who probably thought, look at this fucking idiot. <laughs> I know. And so everyone's like staring at the TV and they're all engaged, but for all the wrong reason, they weren't cheering for me. They're just like, holy shit, this guy's People would rather sit there and watch you lose money. Like you would get a way more engaged crowd sitting there watching you lose a ton of money than mm. sitting there watching you win a ton of money. You think so, eh? Yeah. Why? Why because that? people... It's easier for people to feel gratitude about themselves when they watch somebody else fail. Mm. When it would just bring up insecurities when they watch somebody else win. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, if you're at a casino and you're playing slots and the guy next to you wins the jackpot, you'll probably just leave. Uh, But if if but if you're sitting there and the guy next to you at the slots is like down five grand, you're going to be like, at least I'm not this guy. And you're going to keep going. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's got it bad. Yeah. Meanwhile, you're that guy in like two hours. (laughs) Yeah. Like, yeah. Like there's a reason why like people like it's like the same thing with like every time there's a car crash in like anywhere. What do you think happens? Yeah, Rubberneckers, man. They stare at it. Everyone's just staring. They're like, wow, crazy. But, you know, like. Mm -hmm. Nobody just stares at you for driving fine, driving yeah. good. Like, <laughs> wow, look good. at that guy. He took the corner really well. And he, he used his signal. Oh you know, like. <laughs> yeah. Dip. By the way, speaking of signals, your car is looking pretty fresh, man. I underrated it when you were like, oh, little Honda Fit. Oh, it's a girl car. No, it looks like <laughs> a, it looks like a Honda Ford Fiesta. I don't think that's any better. <laughs> You're like, Shane, that's not a good thing, man. <laughs> no, 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 that's no, not for a good real. thing. It's a, it's a nice, sporty-looking car. It, it's it's a nice little car. I have become a certified fittison. Nice. It's not, it's not necessarily the car that, like, I wanted. I do like it, but that car, I bought it in a utilitarian sense. Mm-hmm. That car will do what I needed to do better than the Civic did. Which is what? It's take me to A to B efficiently mm-hmm. and be able to have like space in the back for people or objects like a bike oh nice yeah because it's like anytime i had to like put my uh put my bike in the back of my civic mm-hmm. i wanted to shoot myself oh you had to take the wheel off yeah take and... the wheel off cram it down and all every single time there's like a gap between the rear seat when you fold the rear seats down there's like a gap between the rear seats and like where the trunk actually begins and every single time the pedal would sink into this chasm no and then you like can't pull a bike out so you have to like awkwardly lean in and like pick the frame of the bike up with an outstretched arm and it's like ah and yeah. i would just like i would just yank that bike out so many times that like the carpet there was just all like ripped off oh my god yeah i, I was like that over it wow. i was like so annoyed by it because it would slot into it every single time wow yeah don't tell the insurance company that the carpet was destroyed i already cashed the check so fuck you got those money guys. for it nice yeah i already cashed the check i slapped the winners on it because fuck them they're not getting my nice si wheels nice. <laughs> Yeah, that's how we turn a $600 car into a $7,000 insurance write-off. Nice. That's what you got for it, eh? Yeah. Wow. Which is pretty funny because, like... It's 10x, at least. More than. It, the funny part is, is, like, if you think about it, when that car got traded in to our, like, when that car got traded in, it was, like, in terrible condition. Was it? I, yeah. Mm. Like, it was just, like, cosmetically terrible condition. Mm. It wasn't, like, poorly serviced or anything, but it needed service. So it was, like, we probably, like, gave them 500 bucks for the trade-in. Yeah. That's probably how I got it for 600 bucks. So, like, this girl was giving the car for 500 Like, we gave her $500 for this car. Whoa. So I bought this car for $600. Mm-hmm. I drove it for two years, and I got seven grand out of it. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. Yeah. That's, that's an unbeatable deal. Yeah, like, if you're that girl, you're probably, like, you're probably, like, mad. I would be so mad. Yeah. 
well, I don't know. I should just sell it on Marketplace for like four grand. You know? Oh, I mean? because well, I mean, like it mostly is because the used car market has inflated so much. Mm. Like oh, it's, since it, you bought it. Yeah. Oh, I see. I see. Yeah. You had it probably 2018. No, 2020. Oh, you had it in 2020? Yeah. I thought the used car market was already inflated in 2020. No, it was just kind of like beginning to. Mm. Like, you know, like um, supply. Supply basically stopped, but demand didn't really change. Mm -hmm. So, like, people were just, we were just running out of supply, but we didn't know it yet. Mm -hmm. So, it was like, but nowadays, you know, there's no more $600 Civics out there. Oh, absolutely. No, not. not like the car that I got will never happen again. Mm -hmm. So, it's like when I bought my Fit, in all intents and purposes, I overpaid for it, but I'd have to overpay for any car right now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like if you're asking me, like every car's price tag right now is an extreme overpayment. And that's why I'm scared. Like I, I actually don't have a car still. I can tell, yeah. And someone just messaged me for like a VW Tiguan. They're just like, oh, if you want it, like it's available right now. It's a 2012. It's pretty clean. You're shaking your head. No. Oh, yeah. No. It has a moonroof. I don't care. <laughs> like two sunroofs in one not a honda l okay i know it's more expensive to fix i know i won't have you on the team anymore to help me fix it but really why is it that bad like i'm trying to convince myself to buy it if you want it get it oh my gosh that's like a, such a passive aggressive answer i hate it <laughs> no, i mean like i, I did like at the end of the day like who am i to tell you you know if you want the car get the car yeah personally i wouldn't get it because i don't like working on volkswagens do i say it's because volkswagens are unreliable some of them are mm. some of them are mm. i'm not familiar with the tiguan if it was like a jetta or whatever like, yeah, it'd probably be fine but i know that volkswagens are very keen on electrical issues uh, I heard about which that. is somebody that th that's something that i just don't do i'm just not good at it mm. Wow. Okay. Well, good to know. Because I feel like that's an expensive repair no matter what. Yeah. It always is an expensive electrical repair. Mm. There was, years ago, one of our old neighbors had, like, the new style Volkswagen Jetta. Oh, yeah. Like, the new body style. Or, I guess, not really the newest body style, but, but it was probably, like, a 2015, 16, 17. Like the ones 80. my parents have, yeah. Yeah. It's, it was a body style up from that. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, And he literally offered the car, like, flat to my older brother because he was tired of fixing it because he was like he was like every month i'm going back to the dealer for like electrical wow. repairs and he like he's out of warranty wow. he offered the car flat what do you mean flat like for nothing like you can have the car really yeah but he still didn't want it yeah he's like i don't want this pile because he already had a car and he's like he's like no because you know it was still like an expensive car so you still have to pay the tax on it mm. and it still had issues so it's like yeah why am i gonna pay the tax for some electrical bogus issue what are you talking about? You just go on uh, like the fakeappraisal.com or whatever and not a real website, <laughs> but <laughs> you know what I mean? And be like, this car is like rust and has engine issues and suspension needs to be done. And then you get like a $500 appraisal and then you only pay taxes on 500 bucks. So you're only paying like $100 to write it over or whatever. Not I guess that makes sense. No, 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 no. That's not how it works. They don't care about the appraisal because they're going to pick the appraisal and they're going to pick the black book value and they're going to pick whatever number's highest. That's what you pay the tax on. It, they must have changed it because when I did it with my CRV, I just literally went on a website and typed in like all the problems with it, even though the problems didn't exist. And they were just like, go to this guy's house in Mississauga. And I'm like, okay. And it's literally just like a subdivision I pulled up in. And this guy has a printer, like fresh off the printer is this piece of paper that says, this CRV is only worth this much. And so I drove it back to the DMV. Well, I did all this while my parents were in line at the DMV. I went to this guy's house, had the appraisal printed out, drove back to the DMV just as a like, 
were next in line. And I'm like, oh, here's the appraisal. It's only worth like $600. And there's like, okay, well, you owe us like uh, $88 tax or whatever. I'm like, fuck yeah, better than $1,100 tax. Wow. Yeah, but they might have changed it. I don't know. They're always yeah. As far as I as far as I've known, it's they just pick whatever's number high, whatever number is higher. But then you got to watch because sometimes you can screw yourself Mm. because so you buy this car, this you know say ten thousand dollars CRV, you have it valued at six hundred dollars. Say six months down the road, you total the vehicle. They go, yeah, that car was worth six hundred bucks. Yeah, that's probably a one one way out of it. I use a washroom. I'll be right back. Shane, you're back from the bathroom. You have art in your hand. I didn't make it in the bathroom. Oh. As far as you know. So Why does it smell weird? <laughs> uh. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, I'm going to show you some art I made. I want an honest reaction. Okay? Three, two, one. I like it. And? It looks like a flag. A flag of what? Or is it an eye? It's really nothing, man. It's got like, I know we just talked about you coming out of the bathroom with it, but it's got these weird, like, yellowish brown stains over it that I don't understand. <laughs> extruding from the middle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, check it out, man. See what you think about it. This is oil painting? Yes. Or watercolor. Watercolor. Just board? Just a board. Yeah. Oh, oh! Yeah. Uh, was I bored when I did it? There's a fi- actually a funny story behind it, uh, but I'll tell you that later. <laughs> okay. You're like you motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see how you even went for like the. Uh, so this one's like, like you're in the water looking at at an island with a tree line in it of pines. Yes. And you even like tried to draw the shadows. It's it's not a pine. It's a Douglas fir. Yeah. Fuck me. Right. <laughs> It's like a green ghost to most The only thing people. I notice here is that you have far more trees on land than you do shadows in the water. It's a keen insight, Stephen. Yeah. <laughs> There's uh, not as many Douglas firs in the water as there is in the ground. Yeah. That's all. <laughs> I've also picked up a ho- recreational hobby no such way. as that. Tell me about it. I don't That's think I have I think I have talked about this before or not, but I started cutting out F1 tracks in wood. No way in wood? Yeah, like I literally bought like a big plank of wood mm-hmm. and I just started cutting F1 tracks out of them. Okay, so you can look at like the map of an F1 track and like trace yeah, the I, outline. I print yeah, I like I like print off a template and then I trace it out and then I just cut it, I cut it, I sand it, I stain it. No way. Let me see if I have a picture of one. I have not heard about this. This sounds interesting. Yeah, I just started to do it just as like something to do because mm-hmm. I was bored and I wanted to do something else. And I was going to give them to my friends. And now like the problem is, is that I like try, I'm like trying to be like a perfectionist about them. Oh, and it's just like, it's like, I don't have the tools to be like super precise. Like I have like, like the nice cutting tools and whatnot, but it's not like not using like straight edges or anything. I'm just like cutting and sanding and trying to get it to look as nice as I can. Mm-hmm. This is just one of the pictures. Where I just cut out oh, the Azerbaijan size, eh? Oh, they're wow. big. Holy. They're big. Like the that one is the biggest one. Are you gonna mount them on the wall? I'm not going to. I'm gonna give them to my friends. Okay. So I basically just been like asking like uh my friends who are in F1, like Keegan, who I do the F1 podcast with, asking them like and so so the so the funny part is that the first two tracks I made was the Austria, the Red Bull Ring, and and Italy, Monza. Like two two very famous tracks. 
And I go, because I think like, oh, like these are pretty general tracks. Everybody likes these tracks. They're probably, and I was like, out of like all my friends that like F1, I was like, these tracks are at least two people's favorites. Like, like mm-hmm. I was like, okay, like Jason's Austria is probably his favorite. You know, he really likes Austria. And Dale, the guy I work with, I was like, yeah, he, like Mons is probably his favorite. Mm-hmm. And then I'm asking, you know, I'm just talking to him. I haven't told any of them that I made them because I was just going to ask him, hey, what's your favorite track? And then they answer, and then I just give them that track, right? And be like, yeah. here you go. I made this track. You can have it. And I asked Dale, you know, Dale, what's your favorite track? You're a mom's guy, aren't you? And he's like, nah, I like Imola. I was like, fuck. Yeah, cool, man. Yeah, that's, that's great. Just, just ask you. Yeah, I, I, just like, I just like end the conversation, right? You know, and then uh, it's like, okay, you know, ask Jason. Like, Jason, what's your favorite track? And he's like, to watch or to race? And I was like, you know, I was like, tell me both if, if, if it's different. And he's like, oh, well, you know, like, I really like Canada and I like watching like Spa. And I was like, <laughs> you were off the mark on both. I was off the mark on both of them, and then Keegan, I just straight up asked him. I was like, "What's your favorite track?" And he's like, "Baku." And I was like, "Okay." And then I just like turned on my camera and I showed him that I made these tracks. I was like, "I'm gonna make Baku for you. Do you want it?" And he's like, "Yeah, man, that'll be super cool." I'll hang it up on my wall. I was like, "Fuck, that was so much easier. Why did I just do that to start with? Now I got Austrian Monza that I can't do anything with because nobody wants them. I don't even want to hang them up because I just keep looking at them. And go, I could have done this better." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anyone come over for a campfire? Or yeah, firewood. <laughs> like it's not like it cost me a bunch of money. It was like thirty bucks for the massive plank of wood. So it's like, nah, I'm not like I'm out, but like. Mm. It's fun working with your hands, though, eh? And working with tools and creating a physical object. Oh, yeah. Like, I do that all the time. So, like, I'm no stranger to it. It's nice to do it. It's nice to, like, learn and get better at it. Mm-hmm. And then I was, like, when I was making Baku, because I, I thought it would be an easy track, because, like, so much of the track is just, like, these straight corners. Like, it's yeah. straight corners, slight bends. And then, like, out of all the tools I have, the hardest thing to do is to make a straight line. <laughs> no way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, it was, like, Austria, the first track I did. It's very wavy. There's not a lot of actual straights. So, it was very easy because it didn't really matter if I was like you know off the mark on a straight line because I could just sand it out mm-hmm. but on on um, Baku so much of it is straight lines like mm-hmm. literally like the first like the first like third of the track is just a, an extremely long straight line a 90 degree turn a 90 degree turn a 90 degree turn oh my god like it's it's literally just like it's, it's just a huge rectangle it's half of the track yeah. and it's like it was so ridiculously hard and then it just has like this really small it's called castle section it's just like this extremely small just like weave through the track just like a left right left right and it's just like when I got to that point because like even though I made the track so big that part of the track is so small and to like do that precisely to like cut so slowly and weave it through with like a scroll saw and a handheld air saw that I have is a fucking nightmare oh I can only imagine yeah and then it's just like I get to a point where I'm like trying to like make it better and make it more precise. And I just get to a point where I'm like, okay, like it's wood. Like I'm just taking off more and more and more materials. Like I'm going to run out of material. So I just got to stop. So I just yeah. like force myself to stain it. So I'd stop cutting it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then, even you know, the, you're looking at it like, oh, I finally cut there. I know. I know. So I send one of the pictures to my friends. First thing he says is looks fatter in some areas than others. And I was like, ah, fuck. <laughs> Not even like a good job or anything. It's like, nah, it's yeah. going to be better. Yeah. Like, oh, Hey, but sometimes you need friends like that just to like encourage you to be uh, the best. Yeah, he, he's not wrong. Mm-hmm. He's not wrong. And when I when I was telling Keegan, I, I was like, I was like, look, don't expect like a perfect model of the track. Like these are f- good from far, far from good. He's like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, I don't care. I just th- I think it's a really cool thing. I'll, I'll hang it up right here. Mm-hmm. So you know, 
As long as somebody wants to hang it up on their wall, they can have it for as far as I care. Wow. But I'll probably try posting the other two just to like, you know, recoup the money and then buy another block of wood and start doing them again. Yeah, I haven't made, I haven't had much luck selling um, 3D printed artwork. Yeah. Recently, yeah. I feel like that would be like an easy sell. Yeah. Just like little like desktop items, you know, like you, you kind of got to make uh, something like I would honestly try to do it with like fidget toys, like d- desk fidget toys. Mm, that's a smart idea. I should look yeah. into those. Yeah. Like what kind of stuff are you print- printing? So I did uh, those four wall decorations, like the four elements, like the fire, water. Oh, yeah, OK. Earth. Yeah, yeah, I remember yeah, those. So I did those ones and I did them on the largest scale possible on the big 3D printer outside. So these are like, yeah. they're decent size. Like they would fill a wall pretty good, but I like I even put them up for like I think it was like twenty bucks an element or something like that, or like sixty bucks for all of them. Like it was yeah. a good deal for like in cost of material and time and and electricity put into yeah. it. Like I'm not even making a ton off of it, and I thought like I'd at least get some interest, but no, man. Really, I haven't had like professional like studio pictures online and all that, but everyone's like, no, I'm not interested. Huh? Yeah. So it's hard hard selling stuff like that. Maybe because yours is made of wood and it's like handmade, you might have some good luck with it. But yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's not really like I've tried like selling it to the public yet. And if mm-hmm. you know, if I don't sell them, I'm not going to be upset about it. But it's like if I were to sell them, then I would just buy more wood and start making more. That'd be a really fun po- side project. I would pay yeah. for myself. Yeah. Yeah, and then like you just get better at them because eventually, like. Like, the more that you have, the easier it is because eventually, like, I'm just, like, printing off a template and tracing it. And then I just, like, cut it out, which ends up being, like, really annoying. But if I just had, like, a set of every track that I, like, already did really well, then it's an easier template to cut around. Ah, So it's, like, it's just nice. It'd be nicer to have one as just, like, just have, like, a a spare of every track to use as a template because it's, like, the best done track. Yes. When right now, all the tracks that I'm making are, like, close but good. Mm, They could use some improvement. Well, yeah. And I was talking about this with my friend Ali on the drive back from Toronto yesterday. It's like, it's good to have people in your life that check you sometimes. Yeah. To only have people that like praise you like 24 Oh, yeah. Oh, you'll good. develop a huge ego if people don't yeah. check you every not now and then. Not only that, but you develop like this untrust for them. Where yeah. it's like, are you not telling me what's actually going on? <laughs> you know what I mean? Because nobody's perfect and everyone has faults and some people are lazy and some people just like give up after a little bit of time. It's like, you want someone in your life to guarantee that if you're slacking, that they catch you. And obviously yeah. that becomes super annoying if you're trying your best and they're still shitting on you. So do you think, are you the asshole for reality checking your friend? No, not at all. Because I I think that's such a valuable trait in yeah. friends. And uh, Kate, I'm calling you out. Because every time I, me and Kate are like doing like this back and forth thing where it's like, okay, what are some things that you like? For example, like three things that you love about me, three things that you don't like about me, three things that you'd never change, and three things that you would change. Like just things like that, right? Yeah. And then she's always like, oh, you're just like, you're so great. You do all these. And then I'm like, okay, what about the negatives? She's like, oh, there's no negatives. But I'm like, tell me. <laughs> like, <laughs> I want to know. It gets to a point where it's like, I want to get roasted, you know? I want to hear, yeah. like, what's wrong so I can actually improve it, right? Because there's two sides to the coin. Yeah. Especially like when, when you're with, when you like, when you're with a partner for so long. And they are like so supportive to you and like positive towards you. Mm-hmm. You almost want a negative opinion out of them Absolutely. because it would feel so. It would feel. It kind of like puts into perspective the genuine things they would have to say about you. Yeah. So Absolutely. like if they only ever tell you how good you are and how nice you are, and then like you know it could start to lose merit almost mm-hmm. if there's not like a negative thing thrown in there. You yeah. Know? And and I caught it subconsciously this negative thing that she said because she's like. 
oh my gosh, if you were a dog, you'd be like a golden retriever. And I'm like, that's like the dopiest, dumbest dog you could pick. <laughs> like, come on now. <laughs> because you're talking about people that are, they're like their pets. People are just like the animals that hang around. I was walking through University of Toronto and there was this professor sitting there. Like, You mean his- Toronto Metropolitan? Yes, that's the one I'm talking about. I'm referring to. Okay. And there's this professor sitting there and he had like two laptops on the go and he had books open. Very smart guy. He had glasses. And then all of a sudden beside him was like this short-haired, pointy-nosed dog, pointy dog with like the proper posture and he's like so astute. And yeah. I'm like, this guy's dog is making this professor smart. Was the dog wearing glasses? No, but it could have been. <laughs> and then and the next thing you know, I'm thinking... The dog of, has perfect vision because he was bred properly. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Very smart dog. And, and so I'm like, people are just like the dogs that they own. So it's like if you own a smart dog, you're probably going to be smarter because of it's thinking smarter, right? So do you think he's smart because he owns a smart dog or the dog is smart because he is smart? I think it's both. Like, I don't think a smart guy is going to own, like, this goofy-ass dog. You know what I mean? I, think I don't know. I have a cat that's really dumb, and I don't think I'm dumb because of him. No, but the thing is, here. here's the thing. You are just like... The people or the energy that you're around a lot. Notice how I say energy because energy can exist in physical objects like a room. So if you're in some dungy dungeon and it's like all grimy and dark, you have no windows, like it's going to affect your mood. It's going to affect the way you think, your whole mindset. Versus if you're in like this cathedral with all these windows and high ceilings, that's going to give you these bright ideas. So that energy can influence you. People's yeah. energy can influence you how they think and talk and act. Yeah, that's why there's like two different there's like two different perspective when it comes to like people's ha- people hating their jobs is that a lot of the time the job can be fine, they just hate the people they work with ah. or the job can suck but they like the people they work with. Mm-hmm. So it's like you kind of got to differentiate what it is. So it's like I'm in a situation where I like the people I work with but yeah. I don't like doing the job. Mm-hmm. But the people I work with make me want to stay there because I just like working with yeah, them. Yeah, exactly. But I just don't like working. Well, or some people can be like, oh, you know, they have they have their dream job, but they hate it because they're working with these, like, negative narcissists that just, like, suck the soul out of them. It's just like, yeah, you just start to become them. And, like, yeah. and I've done that before where, like, I worked beside somebody who was just a miserable prick. Yeah. And, then after <laughs> si- and then after six months, I just became a miserable prick. Because of that. Yeah. And then I, mo- I, moved, o- I moved across the shop, and then he quit, and then I was happier. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. And, and you know what? You're absolutely right. I was reading this book, and it was a, a real-life like book biography. Not about, a fake book? About, no, no, it wasn't a fiction book. It was a, a nonfiction book. Okay. And fiction is like another word for fake. I don't know why people have to jazz it up with three extra letters. Anyway, <laughs> so <laughs> basically, person at their dream job. Okay. They were a traveling blogger. So they basically got paid oh to God. go to these like high-end hotels and just write about their experience there. Like what kind of a job is that? That's amazing, right? Yeah. But a lot of people in the industry were just like pressing them. Like you have to do this. You have to do this work. And you have to get this paper done ASAP. Like they're just like just so potent, right? Yeah. And the people ruined like possibly the best job on the planet. Yeah. So you're right. You could literally have like this gold standard, amazing traveling job, but you'd be better off doing what you'd be like, what you'd like to do with people you love doing it with. What do you think about the concept as, you know, when people say like, do like work with what you love and you'll never work a day in your life. Mm -hmm. I think that is bullshit because I think the moment that you take something that you love to do and you start getting paid for it, you will learn to hate it. Yeah, absolutely. Because you feel like, oh, well, that person's getting paid more. Or, I mean, I'm not getting paid enough. It's like, 
you like you need to you need to separate like money cannot be involved in the things that you like in that sense because you can't have that feeling in your head that you're getting paid for it mm-hmm. because it just makes for whatever reason it just makes people put that in their psyche that it's negative it makes everything very quantitative and you're right mm-hmm. because there is literally it, it takes it takes the meaning out of it because you're doing it to get paid not mm-hmm. because you like doing it exactly it changes the reason why you're doing it that's so true yeah and for a time they couldn't really figure out why this was but they could prove it in theory yeah like test subjects would be doing like painting a fence for example for fun oh because it's creative it's for the community and mm-hmm. like oh we're gonna express our creative talents or we're gonna give you like 15 bucks or, or no it was a meager amount it was like we're gonna give you like five dollars and fifty cents to paint this fence versus doing it for free just yeah. for the community like they changed the reason why they were yeah doing and they it. give them like five bucks fifty cents the guy's just like you know, barely just meandering about yeah. on the fence, just barely painting it, doing a pretty shit job. Yeah. And then if you're like, hey, you know, we're going to help us paint this fence just for fun. They'll, you know, they'll be having like paint fights, we'll be painting around, they'll do a really nice job at it. We'll come back, do a second coat the next day. Exactly. And then like three times the amount of people quit that were getting paid like the $5. It's like, why the fuck am I doing this? Like, this yeah. is not worth $5, right? Yeah. Then the people who are supposed to be just quote unquote doing it for free or doing it for fun. It's weird how much you can get into like, you can get into somebody's psyche and make them question themselves. If you watch anybody do any job ever and when they're at like the worst grunt of it, say like, say like they just finished like wheel bearing, wheelbarrowing like 400 pounds of dirt, 45 meters up a hill. Mm. And then they like drop it and then they're like, oh, and you just look at him and you go, say he was making 20 bucks an hour. You go, is that worth 20 bucks? <laughs> Nine times out of 10, they're going to say no. Mm. And then it's like, so if you, if you recognize that what you do is not worth what you get paid, then why do you do it? Yeah. Oh, well, you know, because of this and, you know, excuses, excuses, excuses. It, yeah. It's like, you know, you shouldn't be justifying it. You know what the ultimate solution to that is? Communism? Even what? No. (laughs) God, no. Uh, Who said that? Even in in your... There's a reason why this is left on red. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Even in your job, you have to realize that life is made up of little moments like these. I've told you this before. Just moments like these right here, where you're here now in the present, or you're at work and you're cracking jokes with the buddies. Like, life is made up of those moments. Life isn't just some, like, grand thing that you're fighting for this one moment and once you get that one thing you're going to be happy because oftentimes people get that thing and they're even more depressed because it wasn't as fulfilling as they thought it was yeah a best example of this i was at cabana pool bar and there was like had some like crazy dj there doing some like edm and and just as like the drop was coming everyone was getting so hyped up everyone's getting so excited the whole process of like going from low uh, BPM to like high BPM and it goes and it's like the drop happens and as soon as the drop happens everyone just looks around and just like stops dancing and just starts like nodding their head like that thing that they were waiting for to happen happened and then it just killed the vibe immediately and that's another reason why I love like UK uh, like Euro trance music stuff like that is because it's it just, always just high BPM techno yeah and it doesn't stop it, it's like that consistently good uh, good vibe yeah like get up really high and then drop really low or anything like that just like it's so good it's an interesting concept Shane let's get into some of the topics that we've been texting each other back and yes, forth please. one let's of the things you texted me was biometrics at Dollarama what the oh. fuck does that mean <laughs> I just remember this man <laughs> I remember like I, I was in Ottawa I was um at Escapade, and I had to get, like, a dinosaur uh, squirt gun. Yeah. So I could wet the crowd. 
water, everybody. <laughs> You're like, what the fuck is going on there? <laughs> yeah, yeah, continue. <laughs> As one does. And I'm like, yo, the price is wrong. And it was supposed to be, it was like $2 like cheaper on the shelf than it was there. And this guy's like, oh, say less. And so he walks so you over. you wanted to pay more? No. I, you said it was $2 cheaper than it was on the shelf. No, so like the, you would be paying $2 less. It was, two, sorry, it was $2 cheaper on the shelf, sorry. I don't know. When it came, when it so up, you were paying $2 more. Exactly. Can exactly. you believe that? This guy was paying $2 more at the dollar store? Were you know. broke? I know. That's like <laughs> quadruple the amount it should be. Yeah. And so I'm like, oh, this is the wrong price. And this guy's like, hey, man, you don't get rich by acting like you You get rich by acting like you're broke. <laughs> you don't get rich by acting like you're rich. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> and I'm like, yo, the price is wrong. He's like, ah, say less. So he walks over. And I shit you not. He presses like the button, change price. Okay, type in your employee number. Type in your employee password. Put your finger on the fingerprint scanner. And I'm like, how many more steps is this guy gonna have to go through just to drop it's two dollars? I know it's right? two dollars. Like, 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 bro, if you were if you were buying like a diamond ring or something insanely expensive, <laughs> if you were buying antimatter, I would expect these kind of me- like measurements in in like in place, not like a two dollar squirt gun. <laughs> I know. I'm like, this is literally costing more. <laughs> yeah, like if I was that clerk and you were like, oh, this is supposed to be two dollars less, I'd be like, just take it. <laughs> I- <laughs> Literally. I just wanted to bring that up. I thought about it the other day in the shower. I'm like, that was just an odd situation. Like, <laughs> I always remember like the tweet of that guy who was like, yeah, he was at a grocery store and I asked like the clerk if I could ha- if I could have one of the grapes and he said he wouldn't care if I burned the building down with him inside of it. <laughs> I feel like if I like worked in one of those stores, those are that's exactly the, the kind of like answer that I would give. Yeah. Because it's just like, I just love breaking people out of like the norm of the... Oh, sure, you cannot do that. That is against store policy. I'd be like, mm. you know, like, do something. Like, you gotta have fun with it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You gotta have fun in general. I put a sticker on the back of one of the guys at work's car that just says, you just got passed by a girl. <laughs> He's not a girl. <laughs> <laughs> and I put it in, like, some girl, like, you know, some, like, really, like, like, flowery font, too. Oh, my gosh. Did you print the sticker out? Yeah, I just print the sticker, and I slapped it on the back of his windshield. Did you have, like, a sticker printer at work or something like that? Yeah. Oh my gosh, that bro, I'd be so malevolent with that. You have no idea. Oh, we do it all the the problem is it's just like this blank, like, you know, it's just a blank yellow sticker and black lettering. Like you can't really do much with it. Oh, I it's see. It's just like words. Oh, okay. I'd still fuck around. Oh yeah, it's still it's, it's still funny. It's still funny. Hell yeah. Occasionally there's a student driver sticker on the back of somebody's car. We just put a, like a sticker on the back of somebody's car that just says caution. Oh, you, yeah, like caution student. Yeah, just student. like caution student driver. And we put it on somebody's car. Everyone who's passing, I'm like, this fucking guy. Yeah, exactly. They just they immediately get mad at he's driving it. bad. <laughs> What's one of the other things you sent me? Confiscating a canoe. This was fun. So it was my buddy's birthday. Canoe repo. <laughs> <laughs> it's canoe repo. <laughs> you have made your payments. I'm here to get it. <laughs> yeah. Get back to shore. And so <laughs> it was my buddy's, my buddy John's birthday. And he's like, yo, Happy come, birthday, John. come to Toronto. We're going to go to the beaches. We're going to like play some volleyball. And then we're going to go uh, clubbing to Cabana. And I'm like, all right, say less. And so we go to the beaches and there's like these canoes on the side of the beach. So we're tossing the football around and all that. And we're like, let's go, let's go see how much it is to rent one of these canoes. This is like a good time. So we go over there, all these canoes and like the paddle boards and all that set up. And I'm like, where do we pay for these? 
and we're just like looking around and there's like this old guy and his daughter sitting there i'm like these guys probably aren't working here and he's like hey do you work here and he's like no and i'm like do you know where to pay for these and he's like no and i'm like i'm like bro fuck it like it's your birthday let's just go for a paddle man like fuck waiting around and he's like are you sure i'm like yeah i'm sure and he's like, all right, let's go. You want the front? I'm like, all right, send me in. And so I hop in and he pushes me in the water. Like no life jackets or anything like that. We just take this canoe that's <laughs> just like sitting on the beach. And we start like paddling into like uh, like Lake Ontario or whatever. We're on like Sugar Beach or something like that. And we, we start paddling into Lake Ontario. And there's like these two Jamaican guys on there. And they're like session up on the canoe, like smoking a joint or something like that. And I'm like... He's like, yo, like, where'd you get those life jackets? Because we don't have any life jackets on. He's like, oh, when you pay them, they give you the life jackets. And we're like, oh, you paid? And they're like, you didn't? <laughs> <laughs> and they start, like, belly laughing, like, you crazy, man, you crazy. And I'm like, I know, let's go. <laughs> yeah, and so we were piling around. But apparently, they seen us do it. Like, the people that work there. I don't know where they were, but yeah. they seen us do it. And so they go around the cove on, like, the other side. Um, after talking to our friends, which were on the shore, they're just like, yo, who were those people? And they were like, we don't know. And they were just like, well, we got to go some, go ahead and send people out to go get them. They can't be doing that. And so they sent the task force out to come and get us on the other side of the cove. But by the time they sent them over, we were like, oh, we're done. Like, yeah, let's, let's head back. And so we like unintentionally juke them out, pulled it back on shore, put the paddle down like where it was and left. Like it never happened. And then next thing you know, we walk over to our friends and they're just like, yo, we gotta get the fuck out of here. And I'm like, why? And they're like, they're literally in the water coming for you right now. And they're like paddling back to shore. I'm like, oh fuck, we gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> so we did like some GTA shit and got out of there before they even knew like what happened. What are they gonna do at that point? They'd be like, you need to pay. And you'd be like, nah. Yeah. <laughs> That's supposed to be $2 less. <laughs> yeah, literally. That was pretty good. Confiscating canoe. So with buying my new car, not, not even a new car, it was a 2009. One of my favorite things to do anytime that I'm in the in the position of going to like look at a car for somebody or going to get a car for myself, I always just pretend like I don't know anything about cars at all, yep. which is just absolutely hilarious because I basically just want to see if they're going to lie to me. Yeah. And because I have access to Honda information, I have access to like all of their like um, all like the service history and whatnot, you know, basically any and all information like, you know, I basically like an encyclopedia of everything that's happened to this car ever. And then I basically just like, like I had it before where I like had the tab open of like all of like the service history and there's like no service history, like mm -hmm. just like the car being like PDI, like pre-delivery inspection and sold at, uh, at a dealer. Yeah. And I'm like, and I'm like, oh, so like, what's the this is, this is not the car that I bought. This is a different one. And I was just like, oh, what's the service history? Like, it's like, oh, always dealer service, always dealer service. Very, very, like very, very good service history. I'll pull the files up for you. And I was like. You mean like these files where it's never been to a dealer since, you know, 2008? Ooh. And Ooh. he's like, oh, I must be thinking about a different car. No way you got <laughs> him red-handed. I'm like, yeah, whatever, bro. <laughs> like, like, fuck out of here with that shit, Whoa, right? And, I, you know, then you just like, and you just like, don't buy the car off of them after that. And then I just like leave. And it's just absolutely hilarious because like kind of like teaching the sales guys, like, like, stop lying to your customers. Yeah. Or like when I showed up, when I showed up for one car in Tilsonburg, the first thing when I walk up, I was like, I want to look at this car. I was just like, the only guy there was just like some young guy who was just like fixing cars there. Just at like this two-bay shop on his own on a Saturday. And I show up and I'm like, hey, man, I want to look at this fit. And he's like, okay, cool. Just to let you know, it's a salvage rebuild. And I was like, 
that is an absolutely fucking stupid thing to say to me right after I ask you to see the car because that is not in the ad at all. And he's like, I know. <laughs> I was Whoa. like, do you plan on saying that as the first thing when people ask you to say that car? I was like, do you know what that sounds like? Mm-hmm. And he's like, it's not my choice. I just work here. And I was like, I get it. I get it, man. You know, what was the accident? It's like, oh, it's just like side got side swiped. I had the doors replaced. Mm. So, was, you know, it's like not really that bad structural damage. But then you can open the doors. You can see where the paint's all like bad because it's repaired horribly. Mm-hmm. And then like I'm going on and I was like just pretending to be dumb. And then uh, I like get in the car and I turn the key on and there's no radio. Mm. So what, ha- what happens with Hondas is if you unplug the battery you need a code to input to the radio because, you know, apparently Honda's uh, radio has got stolen constantly in the 90s. Mm. So you have to input a code. So if the code is not written, like, in, the in like, the car's ownership, then you have to basically log into Hondacom and input a serial number to get it. Mm. And this guy was, like, gave me, like, the biggest, like, sob story about it. Not, like, he was, like... I was, like, oh, there's no, like, oh, there's no radio? Like, it just says enter code. And he's, like, he's, like, man... You have to get a code from Honda. Like, I've called them, like, nine times, and, like, half the time they don't answer, and, like, the five times that they did answer, they tell, they tell me that they'll get it for me, and then they just hang up on me, and then I called them out on it, and then I was like, you know, like, I just need a radio code. Like, I'm just, I'm selling the car. I just need a radio code. I can give you the serial number. And, they're, and they literally just said no. What? Yeah, they said that I had to bring it in and pay for it. Oh my gosh! When it's like I know that it's just like it takes two seconds just to look it up and give you the code. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, I was like, why are they dicking you around like that? I was like, that's so stupid. And then I was like, you know what? This guy was like super nice to me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what, man? Do you want it? And he's like, what do you mean? I was like, do you want the radio code? He's like, oh yeah, like I'd have to call. I'd have to call Honda. Like if you bought the car, I'd get it for you. I was like, I was like, no, nah, man. Like I got it right here. I can just put it in for you. And he's like, no way. <laughs> you can do that? I mean, yeah, if you could do that, that'd be amazing. You'd save me so much time. And I was like, I, was like, I got you, bro. I got you. And I like put in the code. And, you know, you hit the code and it goes, Dee! and then like the radio starts playing. And he's like, wow, how'd you do that? That's Yo. crazy. How do you know how to do that? Do you have access to that? And I was like. Yeah, I work for Honda. He's like, no way. That's crazy, dude. Why do they do that? And I was like, I don't know why they would do that to you. They're trying to screw you over, but like it takes two seconds just to put this code in. Yeah. And I was like looking at the history. I was like, this car has never been at a Honda ever. And he's like, oh, that sucks, man. Like I have the Carfax though. I could show you though. But like, yeah, it has like other history in the Carfax. Mm-hmm. And he was like really nice to me. And I ended up and he was like, I was like pointing out all the things wrong with the car mm-hmm. and I was like, I basically like, I offered him like under half cause he was like, I was like, can we talk numbers? Like, are you able to do that? Cause he's not like the boss, right? He's just like a tech. Yeah. And I, he, he was like, he's like, yeah, man. Like I was like, I don't want to be like insulting to you. Like, you know, and he's, he's like, he's like, you could offer me $20 and I'll call my boss and I'll tell him that you offered him $20. Like I, you know, an offer is an offer, man. It's not insulting. And I offered him like, they wanted like eight grand for the car and I offered him four which was still overpriced because Mm -hmm. I basically like made like a parts list of like $3,500 in parts Mm -hmm. and it was like without labor yeah oh my gosh yeah so it was like I'm sorry not not 35 it would have been like probably would have been around like three grand Mm -hmm. with labor and everything it was like $1,500 in parts and then like yeah so it probably would have been around like three grand so I was like and I was like 
yeah, I would be looking to take this car as is because I'd rather just do all this, all this stuff myself because mm-hmm. I was like, you guys are in for all the parts that you got to pay for it plus the labor. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I don't think he's going to go for it, but I'll try. And he like calls him and I can like hear him on the phone. <laughs> and he's like, so yeah, he was, he was like, what's, you know, like what's the lowest you're going to go on the fit? And I hear him just kind of like mumble a number and he's like, oh, well, yeah, I don't think he's going to go that high. He was offering four. And then I just hear all like those other phone. He's like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, yeah, yeah, it's okay. Yeah, okay. I'll let him know. And I was like, tell him I got the radio code for him. And he just kind of looks at me and starts laughing. He's like, no, it's, it's all right. And he like hangs up and he's like, he's like, honestly, because I was like, bro, this I know this car has been here like a month and a half too. And he's like, he's like, honestly, just like wait next week. And if it's still here, just call again and give the same offer. Yeah. <laughs> and then like the next week, the car went down and I, and I like, I texted him and I was like, hey, you know, I came in to see that fit. I offered you four grand. I see that you dropped the price a bit. I'll offer you 3,500 now. Oh. <laughs> He's like, no, sorry, I can't do that. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, but it's just like, don't, don't if you're selling a car, don't lie to people, man. Mm-hmm. That's right. Especially a car too, because that has like a full driver's like history. Like that shit's like on, yeah. On especially record. it's just like you know, like it for some people, it's it's a very big like financial decision that can like really impact their life if you're selling them like a piece of shit car. Yes. Yeah, and especially like if you're selling a car with a salvage rebuild title, that that's a big deal to not put in the ad. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah. Cause like comparatively to like other like other vehicles of that like model year and mileage, like that was like a little bit lower than standard, which is why I went to go look at it. And then like finding that uh, it was salvage rebuild, it should have been like four thousand dollars less than average. I know, not like fifteen two two thousand less than average. Yeah, I, I've been looking at a lot of cars, and it's something that they don't ever like put in the ads, like very rarely. But yeah. they call them to talk about it, like, hey, I'm on my way, like. um is there anything I should know about the car before? Oh, yeah, it was in a big accident. Bro, put that in the ad, man. Yeah, like, like honestly, like, uh, the, the one thing I hate, too, is that they, they like, put the they put the Carfax behind, like, so many hoops to get through. Like, mm. every dealer just pays for the Carfax of every single car. Yeah. So it's, like, when if you're booking an appointment to go see the car, the first thing they should do is just send you the Carfax. Or you mm. should always say, if you're going to go see a car, little, like, tip, if you're going to see a car and you're in communication with whatever dealer, ask them if they have a Carfax and ask to see it before you, you make the trip over to see the car. Mm-hmm. Because it's going to give you a lot more information, it's going to give you a lot more ammo when it comes to negotiations, and it's going to, like, pull skeletons out of the closet. Yes. They can't hide behind it. Exactly. Exactly. I think there was one more thing that you had in here. No, you did not. But you had something. Was it riding with other motorcycle drivers? Yeah, I was stuck in traffic with another biker. So I was I was on my way home. I was on my home on my way home in a motorcycle. In my motorcycle. I'm just having a stroke. In it or on it? On it. Standing on it. Like standing upright, like on the seat. Like normal. Yeah. I see. You just bent bent over holding the handlebars? Yeah, yeah. I see. So I can picture that, yeah. There's a ton of uh, construction in Vrampa right now, which absolutely pisses me off. Literally every single way that I can take to work has construction on oh it. Oh, my gosh. So I am livid every time I have to go to work. So on the, on one of the ways home, in, like, the busiest spot, they're tearing up the road. So it's, like, down to, like, one lane. It's, like, four, mm. four lanes down to one. Mm. And I was like, Jesus Christ. And you know how fucking annoying it is to be wearing a coat, heavy jeans on a bike in the sun in stop-and-go traffic. What's a sauna? Yeah, I would shoot myself if I could. Like, <laughs> if there was, like, a gun in, like, the tank bag, I would have used it. So I'm, like, crawling along on the hot asphalt. You know, you just feel your legs cooking from the engine that's making all this heat that's not dissipating because you're not moving. Oh, too. no. Because you're sitting beside, you're, like, your legs are cocooned around yeah. an engine. 
And it's an air cooled engine, I'm assuming. Or no, 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 it, it's liquid cooled. Oh, okay. But still, like because that air has you know it has nowhere to go, right? Mm-hmm. Like so, just it basically just steams up upwards. and around you. Yeah. Yeah, and then my leg is, is like my my calf sits right by the muffler too. Oh wow. So. I'm like crawling up and by the time I get to the very end, you know, just where like, just where uh, like the lane like closes into one, but it's like really like thin and I'm just like sitting there waiting, like there's a crane in front of me or sorry, an excavator like Mm -hmm. in the intersection. So I'm not going anywhere anytime soon. It was like 10 cycles of the light and I'm just like sitting and I'm looking and I look at my rear view and I just like look over to my right. And there's a there's a dude with his like with his like uh, daughter you know, on Honda Goldwing oh, sitting no. like right like right beside me with his blinker on like trying to get in at the very end of like where the lanes converge Damn. and I'm just like sitting in the middle of the lane like right there so I was like oh like I see him and I like I like I like back up a bit and then I like move over so he can mm-hmm. he can like move in beside me because we're just bikes we fit in the lane right. Mm-hmm. And he moves over, and I, I like he, he like reaches over to give me a fist bump. He's like, "Thanks, man, I really appreciate it." And he's like, "Is that the new Rebel?" And oh. I like flip my visor up, turn my music off. I was like, "Fuck yeah, it is!" And he's like, "I really want this bike." He's asking me like, "We're stuck at this light, and we're talking for like ten minutes, nice. all about like asking me all these questions about the bike." And one of the surprising things that I that he asked me because he, and his like his like daughter's on the back of the bike too, and she's like, "Yeah, it's a really nice bike." Like, what do you think about it? I was like, "Oh, it's great." And he's like, "Oh, would you pay for it?" I was like, "Oh, it's like ten grand." And he's like, "Oh, that's really good." Mm-hmm. I think I'm gonna get my. It was like a five hundred or three hundred. It's like it's five hundred. He's like, "I think I'm gonna get my daughter the three hundred, so we could ride together." You know, it's not too big, not too burly. Mm-hmm. And then like probably the best question that he asked me was, "What is your number one downfall with this bike?" Ooh. And I said, "It's definitely the rear suspension because the rear suspension is just like a twin." Sp- twin spring suspension it's not adjustable and i don't i'm not heavy enough to like weigh it down that much so like if i hit a bump oh, it's hard it just shoots up my spine Whoa. and he's like that's really good to know like thanks so much for being honest and we're sitting there like shaking hands or whatever mm-hmm. and then like light goes he's like thanks so much for your help man i really appreciate running into you today and i was yeah. like well you're welcome oh <laughs> that must have been your day that's a perfect interaction for yeah me. yeah it's like and I, you didn't I, troll him at all you weren't messing around you're just no like, no no, no. i was being nice to him yeah wow He's being genuine. If he walked up and he was like, nice bike, and I'd be like, macaroni. You know, just fuck this guy, right? Like, we're, we have helmets on. We can really hear each other anyway. It wouldn't matter what I say. Yeah, <laughs> yeah literally. Did you turn off your bike? You must have, eh? So you could hear him? Or you left it on? I can't remember. I think I just left it on. Oh, okay. Yeah, because it's just like, there's, like, it was just an excavator in the middle of the road, like, moving around. Like, so, like, he was going to be out of the way any minute, but it just happened to be, like, 10. Yeah. 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 And it must not take a lot of gas anyway, so it's like, oh, whatever. No, it doesn't matter to sit there. Well, I mean, it's not really that good to sit there and idle on a bike yeah. because it has a lot harder time dissipating all that heat. But then it's just going into my legs. Yeah. But yeah, it was nice to just have you a conversation. You didn't turn the AC on? Yeah, I just flipped my visor up. That was the AC. Oh, I see. Undid my zipper on my coat a little bit, too. Oh yeah, when I was, like, further back in the traffic, too, when, like, it was, like, basically, like, gridlocked, I'm, like, sitting beside sitting beside this girl with her uh, window down. I just, like, look over to her, and she's like, this damn traffic, I tell you. And I was like, at least you're not wearing a coat. <laughs> and she's like, you right. Rolls her window up, flips her AC on. And I know that she did it because she like, fl- I see her like, go like, and like flip her arm up. And then she just kind of like looks over me as she does it. Like, like I can't obviously explain it on an audio podcast, but she goes like, rolls her window up. It goes, <laughs> I just smirk, like looks over ass. at me. And I was like, fuck you. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> I just like shake my head. It's like, oh, yeah. fuck sakes. Like, yeah, that's I'm funny. I'm cooking here. <laughs> that's so funny. Do you want to hear like one last anecdote um, that has to do with like crypto news that I was talking about on like the last couple podcasts? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So remember, when I was laughing about like someone saying like, oh, crypto is not anonymous or like that. And I'm like, 
you've never heard of tornado cash and or whatever. <laughs> it's like how you shoot the transaction and it like bounces around like a million times and then spits it out to your actual account. And I was laughing like, yo, people think they can track this shit. Ah, tornado cash. Bro, tornado cash got like fucking sanctioned by the SEC. And anyone who gets like a transfer sent from whatever wallet to their wallet from Tornado Cash gets like fucking blacklisted and all their assets get like frozen and shit. Um, if you send it to like um, like a legit like um, like whitelisted wallet, let's say. So people are sending like Jimmy Fallon and like all these like celebrities that are into crypto like tornado cash money and then they upped the actual like um regulations where it's like not only will you get all your assets frozen you get 30 years in jail for get sending for getting sent money like imagine me sending you like 40 dollars of ethereum from tornado cash and then i get 30, 30 years, years in jail that's like worse than like a fucking murder sentence man i mean yeah. like a pedophile gets like 14 years but if you get Forty dollars in Ethereum, you're gonna get thirty years in jail. I mean, this is fucking. Could you imagine to be like, "Yo, what are you in for?" Um, uh, arson. Just <laughs> 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 gotta make something up at that point. <laughs> yeah, you gotta make some shit to sound hard. I got knee transfer. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I got forty dollars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, there was there was like some. Oh, fuck, what was it? It was some like some show or movie or whatever, but it was, like, in prison and, like, the biggest guy there. Nobody knew why he was in there. Like, biggest, like, gnarliest dude. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, the one guy's like, so why are you in here, man? And he's like, mail fraud. <laughs> and he's like, what? You're in here for mail fraud? <laughs> like, you misplaced a couple stamps and you're in here? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's just like, Jesus Christ, I'm like the biggest, like gnarliest yeah. dude. Like the guy that is like, that's the guy you got to beat up to be king shit. Yeah. It's male, male fraud. fraud. That's so funny. Yeah, I sent a letter without a stamp on it. Well, that makes me think of people that have like petty, like weed crimes. Like someone who has like a dime bag of like Kush or something like yeah, that. Yeah, can you imagine being a guy that's like in jail, like on like your fifth or like 10th year for like a, a minor drug possession when it's legal now? Yeah, like... like just a couple so can I get a, Can I just go now? Yeah. Like, what is this? I know. I, I wonder if people actually got let out because they just felt sorry for them. Like, nah, if you're in the United States, definitely not. United States prison system works on a slave basis. Oh my god, slave basis. Yeah, tell me I'm wrong. You're not wrong. Yeah. I um, I did the hang competition. Eh, I wanted to see what I could get. The hang competition. The one I showed like you. Like the carny on the... one where the 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 bar actually rolls. No, that oh. would be awful. You know, I sent you the Snapchat where it's like, no nonsense, just crypto. And it's people just hanging there. Like, oh, monkeys. yeah, 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 yeah. That yeah. was hilarious to me because I saw like, no nonsense, just crypto. And my immediate thought was crypto is fucking nonsense. <laughs> and I decided not to send it to you because I always just like, I always just like give you like hardship over your crypto stuff. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. every time you post on uh, AI Art Society. And you have like the banner for exhibit. <laughs> I always like comment on like the small picture that just says like Hibbit. Yeah, I've seen that too. Like, what does it mean? Yeah. I, I got um like it was like two minutes and fifteen seconds, which was top ten. But my hands are getting fucking sweaty there, man. You know why? Because I was losing money fast. And I needed a reason <laughs> to distract myself. Because I was down like here's what happened. I was <laughs> I was going to make a trade 
on that 125x leverage and this little Vietnamese guy comes over to me and he's like, yeah, in Vietnam I used to trade Forex and, and all this. Like I was making money trading Forex and reading the charts. I'm like, oh my gosh, my saving grace. Because I was sitting there looking at the chart, just staring at it and my mind was going blank. I'm like, what do I do here? He's like, mm, you see the shooting star pattern and it's like a hammer. And I'm like, I don't see it. He's like, no, look, it looks, it looks like it. I'm like, okay, is it a buy or a sell? He goes, buy, long, hold. And I'm like, say less. And so I'm like fumbling around to do it. I have to refresh the page a bunch and then like resize the window so I can actually see this shit. And I hit buy, but it's like too late at that point. I've missed my opportunity. Within minutes, I'm down 48% on my money. And I'm like, <sighs> bro, this is fuck. And then he's like, yeah, hey. And so he's just looking at it and it's just going lower and lower. And I'm like, bro, I got to go outside. And because I'm trying to sell shit. I'm trying to like be like a good rep of the company, but I'm just like dead inside right now. It's, it's the screen's right there. And it's just how yeah. much money I've lost so far. I'm like, fucking people are crowding around looking at it. And immediately some guy comes over. Like as soon as I pre press um, buy, he's like, oh, yeah. I can see it's a nice sell signal. Like, look, it's way overbought. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> He's like, no, seriously, like, I sell courses on this kind of thing. Like, it's way overbought. It's going to go down. And I'm like, Oh my god! <laughs> Why didn't I look? How come I didn't see that? <laughs> I know. And then that video, me guys, he's like, "Yeah, I gotta go." But hey, just just wait, just wait, just wait. And I'm like, "Okay, shit." Like, do I sell out now at minus forty eight percent, or do I just wait till it goes to minus a hundred? Like, come on, man. And what do I do? He's like, no, just wait. Trust me. I'm like, okay. And so I'm like. Um, Ali's girlfriend's like I mean it she's like Shane come outside like let's go uh, do the hand competition or something like that so I'm there my hands are fucking sweaty my hand, I'm like I'm feeling sweaty about this trade I put my hand down I lift it up and there's like a fucking puddle around oh, in a moisture I'm like I'm not feeling good about this she's like come hang I'm like okay so I hang for like 2 minutes and 15 seconds before my hands get all sweaty and I drop uh, the the top 10 time was like uh, or the number one time was like 248 or something yeah. like that so I made it close um, but if you were top three, you would have got like thousand bucks or something like that. It, it, would, it would have been nice. I didn't hit it, but it would have been nice. I remember doing the extended. You gave me a memory that I don't remember from high school. Mm -hmm. um, the like the harder version of the hang challenge where you're not just like hanging, but you know, like when you get to the top of a pull up. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's how I was doing yeah, it. So like your head has to be and it was you have to hold yourself and you have to have your chin above the bar yeah, and hold yeah. yourself for that long. And I think I remember like I think I got in high school, I think it was like a minute 50 mm. and I was the top one. Nice. Yeah. So it's funny you say that because I was holding the bar like just hanging like dead hang and then I had to adjust my hands. So I swing my hands around like halfway through and pull it up to my chin, just like you were talking about there. Yeah. Everyone there was like, holy fuck, he's going to hold this? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, bro. Like, this is like the most comfy position yeah. for me right now. And so I drop at 215. I'm like, okay, I made it like pretty good, but I'm not going to get paid out. Yeah. Literally, this like 10-year-old girl got second place because she weighs literally nothing. She's like yeah. a little monkey. Like, she just held on there for time. And um, I'm like, all right. So I dip out. I go to the swing set. And I'm like just looking over like Lake of uh, Ontario in front of Toronto there. And I'm just dead inside. Just think about all the money you lost. <laughs> and I'm like, shit, this is so bad. And I'm swinging. I'm laying on the pool deck. And people are like, hey, I see your exchange. Good shit. And I'm like, I don't talk to me. <laughs> and I'm like, I like just mope back in. I open my laptop, connect it to Wi-Fi. I'm up 48%. <laughs> I'm like, let's fucking go. And immediately the, the switch flicks. And I'm just so hyped. I'm like, I got to find this little Vietnamese guy and dap him up, bro. He was right the whole time. And so uh, I cashed out immediately, and uh, and I, I was happy again. Yeah, but I, I was to gonna like say it's like the I was gonna put the analogy like when you're doing like the hang, you know, when you get to the point where your body is failing you and you can't do anything to to like stop it, like you start like 
dropping yeah, yeah, and yeah. you're like putting all your effort in to like keep holding yourself there and you can't you're just kind of like etching like further and you're further and you can't and you can't do anything about it and you're like ah like that's you it's just like further and further just watching the percentage go down yep that's, uh, that was it it's rough but then i got the pull up at the end and i got out <laughs> that's what you do always you know, get out while you're ahead yeah speaking of getting out while you're ahead we're gonna wrap up this left on red episode mm-hmm. next episode because i know we said we were gonna do it last episode am I the asshole? next episode we're gonna do the am i the asshole trend we'll talk about it get into some am i the asshole yeah. stories me and shane are gonna come up with our own am i the asshole stories yes and we're just gonna roast each other over it and by the way if you guys have any that you've seen online or you just want to take a quick meander on like the top 10 or whatever and see okay these are these are fire let's see what steven and shane want to think about them and uh, send it over to us. Yeah. Or if you got your own little personal Am I the Asshole stories, send them to me. I'll talk about them on the podcast anonymously if yeah. I like you. And live we'll, reaction. Yeah, we'll get a live reaction to your Am I the Asshole story. That's so cool. thank you for li- listening. If you like this podcast, tell your friends. If you listen to this podcast and you know me or Shane, text us the keyword bodyguard. That's right. Anything else to say, Shane? Thanks, guys. Have a good day. <laughs>